Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Now I've got a most familiar figure and face for all of you across the country here with me now. Of the original Beatles, Mr. John Lennon. Hello, John, nice to see you, John. Nice Want to move you. that up just a little yeah. closer? How are you? What's been your view of this American professional football scene? It's an amazing event and sight. It makes rock concerts look like tea parties. But I must say, the first thing I heard when I got in was I'm playing a Beatles tune yesterday, which cheered me up no end. <laughs> I've been trying to follow the game, but I, I couldn't understand why half the team was off and half the team was on. Well, we can't explain that to you now, but what's your general impression of the game as compared with A, rugby, and B, soccer football it's nothing like soccer but i can see a very close relationship to rugby football which has the same shape ball and they move 15 yards down the line at a time but i can see the game here has changed completely from that but it's very similar in its aspects the goals are the same they have points the same they have to get a touchdown the same but they don't have the scrum here where both teams really punch <laughs> each other you know well we have our own kind of scrum as we've been showing with defensive end eddie uh, uh, freddie dryer number 89 of the rams all night. Will the Beatles ever reunite? You never know. You never know. I mean, it's always in the wind. If it looked like this, it might be worth doing, right? You did just spend the weekend with Ringo. Yeah, and I promised him I'd mention his album out now, and I said I wouldn't mention my own, which is out now, too. Forget it. <laughs> Thank you very much, It's been John. a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Howard. Well, maybe we'll get to talk to you later in the show. Right now, we've got to rejoin the Giffer. That was December 9th, 1974. And six years later... Almost on the identical date, he was assassinated uh, in downtown New York in front of the Dakota Hotel, coming back from uh, a recording studio, uh, recording some songs, and he was killed by a young troubled man by the name of Mark Chapman, who earlier that evening had gotten John Lennon's autograph while he exited the Dakota. And then he sat around and he read a uh, book uh, called, uh, what was the name of this controversial book? Not a controversial, but quite a classic book. I've just gone blank on the book's name. And he sat and read the book and waited for John Lennon to come back. And when he came back, he Catcher said, Mr. Lennon, Catcher in the Rye. That was it. He was reading Catcher in the Rye. And when Lennon got out of his car and started walking inside the gates, uh, I think Chapman shot him five times. And they immediately put him in a, uh, and Yoko Ono was with him, and they immediately put him in a car. And I think he muttered one or two words. He was alive for a brief amount of time. And, uh, and I think one of the police officers went, I think that's John Lennon. You know, and again, for the younger people, people in my generation, that was, uh, John Lennon was uh, a part of our music and culture. I, and I can't think of anyone in today's culture that even comes close to Lennon, McCartney, Harrison, or Starr being a fabric, of again, of not just music, but they set the style. And not all good stuff, either. Uh, they probably helped promote the drug drug culture for a while. and uh, But they had a real impact on a lot of lives and music and culture and style and hair and for a pretty long time. And uh, they revolutionized uh, music. So Lennon... Lennon and uh, McCartney and Poole and Ringo and Harrison, when they first came to New York, they actually had a, they were very funny. They, they didn't take themselves too serious. Much of their music was serious, but also much of their music was quite funny. That's why I enjoy playing it. You know, Nowhere Man to Rocky Raccoon to Paperback Writer to I Want to Hold Your Hand to Revolution. I mean, what a, what a difference in uh, music. But, you know, I don't know. I, I assume their music, Bob Dylan's music catalog just sold for $300 million. The Beatles do not own their music catalog. I think Michael J Jackson bought did. it. did for a while. And now I think a bank owns it. Yeah. <laughs> a bank, I might buy their stock, whoever it is. And uh, so they had a big impact. I'll tell you another person that just passed away, though. 
this is the anniversary of Lenin's assassination, which I heard about on WBT, but another person that doesn't get recognized as he should as an American hero, and that is Chuck Yeager. I actually admire that guy as part of American history and a, a part of um, military history and a part of uh, aviation history. He was the first one to uh, break the uh, sound barrier. Uh, whenever I swing too fast on the on the golf course, which is often, I always say, oh, that was a Chuck Yeager swing. And I meant I swing too fast. And what kills me is no one gets the joke on the golf course because Chuck Yeager uh, was a true hero. He was a test pilot for the military. And, uh, you know, he'd take these rockets, basically, that were disguised as jets and go straight up into space and then drop down. And the first sonic boom was caused by Chuck Yeager. And uh, God bless him, 97 years old. He could have been an astronaut, but he thought the astronauts were wusses. <laughs> he said, oh, they, they don't fly. They just get in a tin can and shot up in space. Monkeys can do it. If they shoot monkeys up, I'm not going up in space. So he helped train them. But all the astronauts like John Glenn and Neil Armstrong, Chuck Yeager was their hero. And uh, I wish he got more recognition recognition that he deserves. He, he almost got killed many, many times flying and testing pilots up until a very late age. So The Right Stuff, if you ever want to read about Chuck Yeager, get the book The Right Stuff or go pull out the movie. Half the movie is really about Chuck Yeager before the space program. So here's the John Lennon and uh, a British hero to many and a Chuck Yeager. Who's really a worldwide hero based upon what he did and an American hero. God bless Chuck Yeager and his family. Passed away at the age of 97. 97. Wow. Did Chuck Yeager. And uh, 40 years ago tonight, John Lennon was shot and killed. And uh, he was 40 when he died. And it was 40 years ago now that it happened. That's hard to believe. So we were talking about the 40-year anniversary of John Lennon. His murder in New York and also the passing of Chuck Yeager. You remember Henry Bogan, right? Absolutely. I grew up on Henry Bogan in Greensboro before he was even at WBT. WBIG. WBIG Radio in Greensboro. No, wait a minute. BIG was in Rockingham. Uh, I'm getting my, cro- my I'm crossed on that one, but he, he obviously was a legend in Greensboro. I used to Radio listen too. to him on the way to a swim swim practice with my mom. She'd take me to a swim team practice at seven o'clock in the morning. I listen to Henry Bogan. So check this out. I didn't even realize I had this. Recently, we were talking on our program about today's heroes, and we were generally kind of bemoaning the fact that heroes are hard to find these days. Well, here's one for everyone who's ever flown a plane, and for me, too. He is General Chuck Yeager. Hello, General. Hi, Henry. How you doing? Thank you, sir. Now, where are you living these days, Chuck? Uh, I live in Northern California around Grass Valley. It's about... Halfway between Sacramento and Lake Tahoe up in the hills. That's got to be beautiful up there. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about your heroes. I alluded to you being one. I hope it didn't embarrass you, but you are a hero to a lot of people. Who were your heroes when you were about 15, 20 years old? Uh, guys like Jimmy Doolittle, uh, you know, people like that, and Lindbergh, guys that flew. Did you always want to fly, Chuck? Oh, uh, I never saw an airplane and on the ground until I was about 15 and never rode in one until, uh, until I got in the Air Force and got to be a crew chief back in 41 before the war started. I actually never knew anything about airplanes and just, you know, right place, right time. That's the way it works out. Well, I'll be done. Where'd you grow up? In West Virginia. Well, you're not too far from home. They can hear us up in West Virginia. Uh, yeah, my mom still is back there. I was there uh, all last week what? visiting her. Chuck, what town? Hamlin, H-A-M-L-I-N. Little one. I think we are heard in that town. We get calls from West Virginia quite often. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about uh, about West Virginia. What, what, what kind of kid were you? Uh I don't know, typical probably. You know, sea student, all that stuff. <laughs> Were you mischievous? Uh, probably. We did a lot of hunting up there and fishing. And, uh, you know, I, we had uh, cows. I had the milk and we had a garden. And uh, typical kids used to walk stills. I played a trombone in a band for <laughs> two years in high school. And then I, uh, I played football and played basketball. And we, we, we did just about everything there was to do. You know, General, I grew up in a small town, too, a little larger than that, about five, 6,000 people, and I swear to you, looking back now, I think that might have been the best training a young fella could have had. 
Well, basically, uh, when you're raised, you know, in small towns, you you learn what face value means, you know, and you learn to, a guy uh, means what he what his, what his expression says he means, and it's it, you know you learn an awful lot about people. Yeah, you do, don't you? And you learn to you learn to be able to say yes to people and no to people. That's important. And if you promise something, you stick to your word. You yeah. To sign a contract. You know? Exactly. Oh gosh, you sound like my dad now. That's exactly what he used to say. So that would have been uh, around 1980-ish on the wow. Hello Henry show. Chuck, Chuck Yeager, Yeager uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 97. And for those who don't know Chuck Yeager, you should. It means we're not doing a good job teaching in our schools. Our history, Chuck Yeager is an American hero. He is an international hero, the first one to break the sound barrier, the one who helped train all the astronauts to end up going to the moon. And uh, and the astronauts considered Chuck Yeager to be their hero. And what's kind of interesting about Chuck Yeager, and you heard it in that Henry Bogan interview, he was just a good old country boy from West Virginia. And you see, most of the astronauts selected for the NASA program were top-notch college graduates, engineers, very articulate, very, very smart. And here Chuck Yeager was just a good old boy, hunting good old boy from West Virginia. And he was the guy who made aviation work probably next to, closest to anyone to Chuck Yeager was the Wright brothers regarding aviation history in the world was Chuck Yeager, and to have him to be a part of the Henry Bogan show, I'd like to play more of that interview later on, because uh, it just shows if you see the right stuff, now you get the right stuff, where he just goes, ah, yeah, shucks, I, I crashed again. <laughs> <laughs> I crashed, almost got killed. But he, he rarely talked about himself, and he really a, he didn't consider himself a hero. He, you know, he, it was amazing. I just learned some things about him. He didn't see a plane until he was 15 years of age. <laughs> Chuck Yeager talking to uh, the late Hello Henry mm, Bogan. Two institutions. Absolutely. On WBT uh, back in the early 80s, and I, I was talking before, it was WBIG Greensboro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Henry grew up in Rockingham and a station in Rockingham called WAYN. Yeah, I remember BIG. Yeah. So I, I was thinking BIG was, was Rockingham, but there it was, was another Greensboro. another station, SOC, which was the rock and roll station, which played the Beatles. AM no, not SOC. What? Now I'm confused. Yeah, it might have been WSOC. AM 93? Back in the day here? That's exactly yeah. right. AM station, and they'd play the Beatles and yeah, Motown in, together. That's when we all listened to the same music. That's when SOC had an AM, AM station back uh, here in Charlotte in uh, the, uh, what, 60s, 70s, 80s era. 828 now on WBT. Yeah. And coming up, we're going to talk about, is Governor Cooper going to shut down the economy? After a press conference today, we'll be talking about the press conference and questions that aren't being asked of uh, Governor Roy Cooper. He's a real nowhere man, sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody. Well, first, we're going to continue to look at the science and the data that's going to be our guiding star. Knows not where. Well, John Lennon was uh, shot and killed, assassinated 40 years ago. Today. And we're playing a uh, basically a Lennon-McCartney song called Nowhere Man, talking about his nowhere plans. And we're about to find out if there are going to be any more plans about killing the economy in North Carolina regarding the virus. It'll be a press conference again that will be virtual. Not in person, where reporters can be in the same room and ask follow-up questions, like most governors are doing throughout the United States. In fact, the governors of Tennessee, Virginia, and South Carolina, our neighboring states, are all giving in-person live press conferences regarding the virus. Roy Cooper apparently says it's not safe to do that in North Carolina. You see, the virus is different in Virginia Tennessee and South Carolina. It's amazing how the political boundaries are recognized by this terrible virus. I mean, I, I think this virus gets to a border and goes, uh-oh, uh the rules change. It's an amazing science, science. regarding the virus. So uh, the governor is going to hold a press conference. He's got some tough decisions to make, and he's put the entire burden on his shoulder. He's not asked for any help from the legislature. 
in making these decisions, although he's basically making law when it's the legislature that's responsible for making law. It's the responsibility of the governor to enforce the law. But now Governor Cooper, along with other governors throughout the United States, not only enforcing the law, they're making the same laws that they enforce, which kind of goes against our state constitution and our federal constitution. In fact, it does go against our constitution. So uh, Governor Cooper will be holding the press conference. He's got some big decisions to make. He's uh, He's also not asked for help from the Council of States, his lieutenant governor. He has not asked for help from um, Secretary of State, Secretary of Labor, Commissioner of Agriculture that's impacted by these rules and regulations. The Treasurer, which is definitely impacted, our finances are impacted in this state by the governor's decision. And all these people are part of the executive branch. And yet the governor in this one area of the executive branch, which I know very well, is making all the decisions for all of state government and all of the private sector in the state of North Carolina. And we have shown before that it's quite inconsistent. I'll repeat again, breweries are open as long as you have food trucks. Bars are closed. See, the virus distinguishes between a brewery and beer, but not a bar and possibly vodka. This virus is very smart, according to science. Science. And they're looking at the data, and there's just inconsistencies in all these rules and procedures. Schools right now, the experts are saying schools should remain open. And yet, tonight, there's going to be a CMS school board meeting where there is speculation that they will at least, well, they will at least discuss going back to all remote learning because of several uh, three, school board three members. Three school board members have said we ought to go all virtual when statistically we're finding out that a lot of young kids are committing suicide, sadly, very sadly. A lot of kids are having some mental health issues. And we also have parents that can't go work because their kids have to stay at home. So it's impacting the ability to feed the kids and to also pay the rent and the utilities. All the while, you have high school kids in Charlotte and Mecklenburg who haven't gone back to school yet. They're supposed to go back January 5th. And And yet private schools and charter schools have been going to school. And the majority of middle school kids are, are still waiting as well. So you wonder who's pushing the button. And many of us who have been in politics, who have played the game, who've been played by the game, who know the game, wonder, is it the teachers' unions pulling all the puppet strings for the governor regarding when he should allow teachers to go to the schools? Where charter school teachers and private school teachers have been going for months at this point in time, And the students in those schools are getting a better education, according to the experts, than those schools that are relying totally on viral education. In fact, there are estimates that almost up to 30% of the kids are not getting access to a good education in North Carolina. And that's going to have a generational impact on our state. Again, the governor has a tough decision. Is he just talking about saving lives regarding the virus versus costing lives regarding an economic shutdown? Will he try to walk this fine line or will he be a hypocrite like Governor Newsom or like the mayor of Austin, Texas, or like the mayor of Philadelphia, or like Governor Cuomo? We know who this virus is killing. It's primarily killing the elderly. It's primarily killing people in nursing homes. It's primarily killing people with pre-existing conditions, and yet the survival rate is still well over 99.5% for everybody. And the media is not reporting that statistic enough. This is a serious disease. I'm scared of it. I don't want it. But I also recognize there's a bigger picture here, and that bigger picture is the impact of shutting down our economy. And how many lives does that cost? And I hope the reporters start asking those questions, which they haven't asked about the inconsistencies and the decision-making process of looking at the data.
It's got to start today, media. Do your job. And Governor Cooper, my prayers are with you. You got some tough decisions, but I'd recommend that you make these decisions with other people, not just by yourself. Be inclusive. Be open. Be transparent. That's the North Carolina way. Yesterday All my troubles seem so far away Well, Matthew McConaughey (laughs) Probably wish he had not expressed his opinion about uh, liberals. And I don't know if Matthew McConaughey is a liberal or conservative. He's a good old Texas boy. I saw one of his first movies on TV a week or two ago. It was about a bunch of high school kids, seniors, graduating. And he was the senior who had graduated the year before and never got a job. (laughs) Kind of hung around the town. It reminded me of Jamestown, North Carolina growing up, where the guys that graduated in class of 73 – didn't go off to community college or college. They'd hang around the gas station in downtown Jamestown. It's since closed. And you just see them every day going by as you drop by and got your Schlitz six-pack. That was back when you are 18 <laughs> years old and you can drink beer. And the old Chris and a few others would just, yeah, I'd say, how y'all doing? All oh, doing fine, doing fine. <laughs> that was kind of the role that uh, Matthew McConaughey played are in you, his uh, first movie. Are you talking about Dazed and Confused? Yeah. Yeah. Days to, I'd never seen it before until the other day, and I was laughing. It was a great – it was the most realistic period piece from that time. I think there were class of 78 in high school in that movie, and it was probably the most accurate movie of my generation uh, uh, during the 70s of what kids actually did in high school, which was a bunch of nothing. <laughs> See, now you know I played yesterday coming back from the break. Yeah. It's a dual meeting. It's, yeah, even it's though John, that's Paul McCartney. Well, I know that, but I, I when we started the show, mm-hmm. John Lennon said on the Monday Night Football yeah. interview that yeah. you played the yesterday song coming back, so I'm trying to connect all the dots. John Lennon said it was a Beatles song, and it was yes. a Beatles song, yes. but it was designated as Lennon-McCartney, <laughs> although McCartney wrote that one. Um the original song of yesterday was called Scrambled Eggs, by the way. I was not aware of yeah, that. Yeah, well, I told you I've taught you everything you know, but not everything I know. And that's one just one more bit of facts that will be useless for your future. <laughs> I have lots of that, that information. Um, Matthew so Ma- Matthew McConaughey uh, made a, some controversial comments, which I don't think are that controversial. He went on Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. Remember him? A lot of people have probably forgotten about yeah, Russell Brand. Yeah, he was Brand. an actor. He was married to uh, Katy Perry. Uh, wow, I'm impressed you knew that. Uh-huh. Uh, Russell uh-huh. Brand now has a podcast. I can't believe I knew that. More information that's useless to my future. Under the Skin Podcast is the name of Russell Brand, mm-hmm. apparently now a podcaster. I did not know that either. He had uh, Matthew McConaughey on his podcast to promote McConaughey's new memoir called Green Lights. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Russell Brand asked this question. Do you feel that there is a way of meshing together these apparently disparate groups now, these liberal professional classes and these uh, what you might describe as working ordinary people of any color or variety? That, that's, that's, that's my hope. I, I, I do think so because what the work I've got to do is defining the science behind why they're valuable, the science behind why they work, the science behind why that doesn't mean you have to now come over and it doesn't mean that you're coming over to the proverbial other side. Uh, I, 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 I say this, you know, I say, I'll meet you in the middle. I actually think that is more of a dare right now than it's ever been. Yeah. That spot again is not like, oh, no, not going there. Somebody said to me that it's, oh, yeah, meet you in the middle. You know, you know, it's in the middle of the road, McConaughey, yellow lines and dead armadillos. <laughs> <laughs> I said, let me tell you something. But I said, I'm, I'm walking down the yellow line right now and the armadillos are running free, having a great time. I said, you know why? I said, the other two sides, the two, <laughs> the two vehicles on either side of the political aisle are so far apart. Tires aren't even on the pavement anymore. I mean, so trust me, it's free over here. There's plenty of room, you know? And I almost feel like uh, it's a move to say, no, let's get aggressively centric. I I, I dare you. It's not a recession. It's an aggressive move. And if it's framed like that, one, I think that can relate to a lot of people on the the right. Of Mm -hmm. going, well, you, you dare me? You know, it's like this COVID thing. 
It's like I had to go, whoa, this 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 enemy doesn't want hand to hand combat. Don't run out don't run out on your don't run out on the street with your with your gun and knives to try and fight this one. That's what he wants. You know what I mean? It's actually an aggressive move to actually stay home. You know what I mean? But it had to be reframed in a little bit. Um Look on the other side, on the on the the, the the far left, that would go well. Who do? There is a lot on that illiberal left that absolutely condescend, patronize, and are arrogant towards that other fifty percent. Many people were in. You probably, I'm sure you saw it in our industry when Trump was voted in four years ago. They were in denial that it was actually that it was real. This and some of them went, were in absolute denial. I, and even even now, we're going to see how we if we can stabilize coming out of looks like Biden's our guy. Um, well, now you got <laughs> now you got the right that's in denial because they're saying it's fake news, and I understand they've been fed fake news. No one knows who the hell to believe, right? So they're putting down their last bastion of defense. This is where I, the, the the left misses it for me, just as far as being a marketeer of. Of, of a political side. You and you say, hey, we want to get out with the vote. We want people to go be able to go vote. We're going to do a campaign to let people vote. I'm like, 100%. Yes, everyone. Is there anyone who would say no to that? 100% of the audience going, I'm in. That's a constitutional right as an American. I'm in. Yes. And then they can't help themselves. At the very end of it, they go, so... We don't let those criminal bastards get back in office. You're going, Whoa! So he goes on a little bit further with this, but uh, that's the gist of what he said to uh, Russell Brand. And so he kind of jumped on both the left and the right. But he recognizes the hardworking people who, or as we talked about yesterday, the ordinary people, <laughs> um, who have opinions and feel like they're being ignored. And Matthew's a good old Texas boy who understands that. I think he's actually a liberal in some respects, but he's kind of understands the working man and woman. He's talked about running for political office. I don't know if he'd run as a Republican or Democrat. I would recommend these Hollywood stars and everyone who has a great name idea, if they've never run for political office, run for your city councilor, town councilor, school board. Test out the waters to see if you can handle it first. Most Hollywood people want to become senator and congress and governor right away or president right away. You know, test out the waters just like I'd test out the waters to see if I could act, for example. Acting! Which has been proven I can't in several movies. <laughs> I haven't been asked to any, back to any movies after being in three very successful movies, I might add. So uh, Matthew McConaughey is now catching grief, and the question will be, will Matthew McConaughey be purged? Will he be 1984, George Orwell? Will he be blacklisted? by the left that controls Hollywood. How dare you say we're snobs? Jason. Will he lose his commercials? As mayor of Charlotte, it is my extreme honor and privilege to preside over the groundbreaking for mm. Emily's home. But it is also a sad day in that the namesake and the inspiration for this incredible project is not here with us today. But her spirit will always be with us all. Mm. <laughs> Pause. Jason, Alexia. <laughs> wow. See, wow, that was acting. That was acting. Acting! I mean, the ultimate gift. I, I played a very difficult role playing the mayor of Charlotte. One day they'll tell a story. And some will say it was just a fairy tale. Everything you said is true. Absolutely true. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. Always given, never taken. But you're having fun. I know I'm, you are. I'm having a good time with Bo Thompson. Somewhere yes. between the right and the left, there's the middle. Four years as NC Governor. This is the best of America. God bless y'all. Behind the scenes conversations. You can't handle the truth. No talking points. Hey, Pat, it's Donald, and I just want to tell you to keep up the good work. We're proud of you. Perspective you won't find anywhere else. Don't put your stupid hat on. WBT presents. It's time for a Carolina comeback. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. Come on, yeah. I always go right, you guys. <laughs> yeah. 
years ago, I was uh, waking up in the morning, listening to WBT News. On my way to a uh, job for Duke Power to Kannapolis, North Carolina. I think we were just buying out the Kannapolis electric system around 1980, and I had to go meet with uh, people who lived in old mill homes who were on the old K-Town Cannon Electrical Service, and I had to go knock on everyone's door and say, Welcome to Duke Power Company. We're taking over your electric system, and your power rates are going to be three times higher than they were before. <laughs> that was a true story. Stick. <laughs> And uh, But on the way, when I woke up, they, WBT said it's 6.30 in the morning and John Lennon is dead. And for a person of my generation, man, that hit me. That hit me hard because I grew up on the Beatles. I grew up on their culture. I imitated their haircuts. I didn't imitate their drug use, thank God. But I love their music. And when he was assassinated by Mark Chapman, it really rocked my generation. A lot of generations to follow don't know who the heck the Beatles are or John Lennon is, but that's the way time treats things. But their music will always be around. So uh, another death that uh, need to talk about is Chuck Yeager. American hero. was interviewed by Henry Bogan. When, Bo Thompson? About 1980, 80, 81. 1980. And, you know, Chuck was just a good old West, West, West Virginia country boy. And if you ever want to read about Chuck Yeager, get the book The Right Stuff or go rent the movie The Right Stuff. It's about a four-hour movie. And it's about the astronauts, the second half of the movie, but the first half of the movie is really about Chuck Yeager starting really aviation history, probably second only to the Wright brothers. 97 years old, Chuck Yeager, first man who broke the speed barrier, first man who caused a sonic boom, passed away yesterday at age 97. We forget about these American heroes like Chuck Yeager, and they're underappreciated. But boy, was he a courageous man. And he was the hero to Neil Armstrong, to, to uh, John Glenn, to Shepard, to all the astronauts that I grew up admiring. They looked up to uh, Chuck Yeager. And when I swing too fast, Peter Pappas just walked into my studio. I go, oh, that was a Chuck Yeager swing. <laughs> and people go, what are you talking about? Chuck Yeager, the speed of sound, man. You, you shouldn't swing the golf club like Chuck Yeager. But as we're playing Imagine, the reason we're playing the song Imagine, which is kind of a utopia song, and one utopia we all have is that people who uh, are work, hardworking people and just trying to make, make their paychecks day to day, there's some people hurting right now, especially during, during the COVID. And... Uh, they're trying to figure out where they're going to get their first meal, next meal. And we're raising money uh, two ways here. And one is David Chadwick's group, the uh, Moment of Hope. It's the uh, City of City Hope. City of Hope. CLT.org. And uh, David just sent me a an update. I'll pull it up here in just Great. a second. Uh, I'll have it for you in just a second here, but uh, here it is. Uh, raised to date the money for uh, hunger in our community. Uh, so if you've been listening, you know that uh, whatever... Uh, WBT listeners can raise Moments of Hope Church will match. And so the uh, updated total is $33,022.39, which doubles to 66044 And our goal is $100,000, so we'll be talking about that more. And another group that I have been a part of for 30 years now, at least 30 years, is Goodfellas. And coming up in just a few minutes, we have the leaders of Goodfellas, Stick Williams and Peter Pappas, longtime friends and longtime friends of this community. And we got to tell you about Goodfellas. If you want to be a part of the most elite 2,000 people group, how many people are in Goodfellas? I think you're pretty close. Yeah. Don't we have Stick About 2,000 people. people. Yes, I mean, it's a very exclusive yeah. club. Yeah. I mean, they let me in. <laughs> <laughs> it was a close buddy. <laughs> yeah, I've had those before. <laughs> do, they, do they re-vote every year? Yeah, <laughs> we had a recount. I think Stick they had a recount with Goodfellas. No, we count for you every time. You got no problem. You're good. So we're going to be talking a little about Goodfellas because Goodfellas is is – no overhead, gives to families who are really hurting during the Christmas holidays. And it's one of the best feel-good stories in Charlotte that's been around for... 100, and this is the 104th year. 104 years, good fellows. It started out with just a few good fellows who said, we need to help the poor and the middle class right here in Charlotte that are living paycheck to paycheck. 
And that still resonates today in 2020, come Christmas time. So Goodfellas is actually happening tomorrow. And when we come back, we'll learn about how it is a little different this year because everything in 2020 is a little bit different. But the the mission is the same. And we'll tell you how you can actually be part of this tomorrow. Don't miss the opportunity to join the most exclusive club (laughs) in Charlotte. This could be your only opportunity right here on WBT. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Well, we're staying on message here in more ways than one. Yeah, John Lennon talking about the rich and the poor ones. And during Christmas, more than any other holiday, and we ought to be doing this 365 days of the year, is helping the poor and the working class with their children, with their paychecks, with their rental, with their utility bills. And the fact of the matter is there are a lot of people living paycheck to paycheck, especially during this COVID time, especially if you're in the travel and tourism industry. Can you imagine being an Uber driver or a rental car driver or in the rental car business or airline business right now? It's, uh, it's tough. But there's a group here in Charlotte that's been around 104 years that has raised money for the hardworking people, men and women, and for families, and give the help directly to the families. It doesn't go through a middle person or a big fancy group. It's called Goodfellas. And uh, Stick Williams is the current head of Goodfellas, and he and I worked together at Duke Power for many, many years many, together. Many years, I remember yeah. visiting you in Chapel Hill when you used to be the Chapel Hill branch manager. That's right. We had a great time. And yeah. Peter Pappas who's a longtime business person here in Charlotte, and, and has always, uh, I remember you helped Toys for Tots here. Right. And right. raised toys for poor people. And Christopher, both of you have really helped so much. And I've been a proud member of Goodfellas for at least 30 years. And every time, um, every year, Goodfellas meets, it's over 2,000 people. They meet at the Charlotte Convention Center. That's exactly right. In the the Crown Ballroom the past several years. Let me get both of you all to come right up on the microphone like I am so we can hear you. There we go. So, uh, Stick, tell tell us how the uh, Goodfellas works and how people can help. And and then we'll talk about the ceremony, the unique ceremony we're going to have tomorrow. Well, thank you, uh, Governor McCrory. Really appreciate it. Well, so Goodfellas uh, um, is one of the most efficient organizations I've ever been exposed to. Every dollar that we raise during our annual luncheon goes toward helping working families. This, and, our, and our sweet spot is uh, rent assistance. Rent assistance. Um, uh, we help with other housing needs and utilities and so forth. But that's the reason that the members really love. They know that every dollar that they give during that luncheon goes to help people. Now, we have uh, uh, over 2,000 members, as you mentioned. They pay dues, $100 a year. Those dues pay the administrative expenses. We've got two part-time employees. That That's really it. Matter. Two, two part-time, part-time employees. employees for an organization. And how much do you raise typically in a year? Last year, we raised $1 million. Wow. This year, during this pandemic, we believe in the generosity of the Get Fellows. We believe we can do a $1 million again. And how many families will you be able to help with that million dollars? Uh, that That's at least 3,000 families. That, that's that's measurable. Absolutely. <laughs> 3,000 families we can help in Charlotte with a million dollars, and that money goes directly to help pay their rent or their utility bills, or maybe they're, God knows, they're behind on bills and gaining interest, and they've fallen behind, and they got kids. Almost every one of these stories that you tell me, they have children, and the children, they're, they're innocent victims of this. Well, Pat, think about this year. Uh, one of the great ideas that Peter came up with this year, this year was to give $50,000 each to Novant Health and to Atrium, Atrium Health to help their uh, environmental services employees and their uh, dining services employees. Wow. They had to leave their children at home uh, still trying to do uh, schoolwork, don't have the access that other children have, but they had to leave their children, their families, in order to go to the hospital and serve. 
and feed the nurses and doctors and staff. That's exactly right. Who's thought about them? Yeah. They can't do that by Zoom. That's right. They can't do that from home. This is another class of people that we've never talked about here on this show. People who actually cafeteria workers at the hospitals who have to feed people. Peter, what a great idea because we just take them for granted. Well, we really do. It takes uh, a pandemic like this for everyone to focus on all these people that step up every day to help us in this community. And uh, it was just great that we could do something to help them. And, you know, that's really the spirit of Goodfellas. It's about helping those who do the work for, for the community and those that need help. And we've been doing it for a long time and uh, have our annual meeting once a year, stick, in December. Uh, this year, of course, will be a little different because of the pandemic, but nonetheless, uh, we're having great response. You know, we've had just terrific support from our sponsors who stepped up early and, uh, you know, it really put us on our, on our way to hitting our goal this year. So we're very excited about that. So uh, I, I cannot emphasize this audience more that we have people right now who, some people who can't go to work because their kids are at home. So they've had to quit their job, which paid for their rent or the utilities, but their kids are at home because some of the schools are closed. Then we have other parents who have to go work in the cafeteria at the hospital so our nurses and doctors can be fed so they can save lives. And these cafeteria workers aren't paid a lot of money. They're living on the edge, and they deserve our help. Yes, exactly. And there are thousands of stories like this in Charlotte, and now we can at least help 3,000 of those individuals. That's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so I, I love this organization. I love the focus. Uh, we, we focus on uh, uh, families that are working. Uh, but as you indicated, pay to, paycheck to paycheck. So when we come back, uh, people who have gone to this before are used to going to the convention center to take part in this. Mm -hmm. This year in 2020, the Goodfellows are going to come to you, and we're going to tell you how that happens. Uh, I have my invitation. I got in the mail a couple days ago. has all the directions. Uh, some exciting things happening this year about how you can get involved. So stay with us uh, here on WBT on the Pat McCrory Show. We've got Stick Williams and Pete Pappas and the governor, and I'm Bo Thompson, and we will uh, get all the details about Goodfellows 2020. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show, 932 on WBT. So I'm going to say this right now. If you are a member of Goodfellows out there, and there are a lot of you, if you're a member of Goodfellows, we want you to call the Big Finish today. Not, not only Goodfellows, you're all Goodfellows, but Goodfellows celebrating 104 years tomorrow, the Goodfellows Luncheon. It's a very exclusive club, the Goodfellows. And right now, if uh, you're a fella and you'd like to join our club, we're not going to do a background check on you. <laughs> if, you want to join, if you want to join Goodfellas, what do you need to do, Peter Pappas? Just um, go on our website mm -hmm. um, and sign up. It's, it's that easy. And uh, while this year we'll be virtual and won't have our luncheon, you know, we look forward to being back in the convention center next year for our annual meeting and luncheon. And yeah. so we look forward so to So go to the Goodfellas website <clears throat> if you want to be a member of this exclusive club. Exclusive. I'll tell you how exclusive it is. Bo Thompson. <laughs> a Davidson graduate got into it. And what they did at that point in time, there was a little opening. They didn't check transcripts at the time. I had to sit in the lobby, actually. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that's a good segue to tomorrow, because usually we're at the convention center. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow, because of COVID-19 in 2020, it's going to operate a little bit differently. I said this uh, in our last segment, but usually you go to the Goodfellows Luncheon. Now this year, uh, it, it comes to you. It comes to us. Uh, explain that. How's that going to work, Stick Williams? So, so we, we are going to be virtual this year. Um, so there are several different ways to watch, but uh, you can even pre-register if you want to by going to 2020.goodfellowsclub.org, and, and uh, we'll repeat that a little bit later. Uh, you can register today, but you can also watch it online that way tomorrow. Uh, if you've got a smart TV... Uh, you can uh, go to the YouTube app uh, and uh, just search for Goodfellas Club 2020, and you'll see us on your big screen live. And I'll tell you, it, it brings the spirit of Christmas. There's music. There's uh, stories about families. In fact, you're going to have two speakers. Uh, who are the two speakers? Every year you have two or three speakers who speak about three minutes apiece. I remember you have to stay within the time limit. I did it about 15 years ago. In the first, I had a bet with Frank Dowd. <laughs> I, he, he swore I would not 
stay under three minutes, and I went two minutes and 23 seconds yeah. and beat him. <laughs> but uh, tell us who's speaking tomorrow. Some great well, speakers. Yeah, Pat, these, these speakers are doing an extraordinary jo- job of telling a good story, a uh, good fellow story. Uh, this year we've got uh, General Amos, who is a retired commandant of the Marine Corps, and our own Fred Whitfield, the CEO, the, the president CEO of the Charlotte Hornets. Campbell College basketball player, longtime friend of Michael Jordan and head of the Hornets. Great, great community person right here in Charlotte. Absolutely. Fred Whitfield, and uh, I'll tell you, and the music. Uh, the music is great. Uh, you'll hear a brass uh, band at the very beginning before we actually start at noon. Uh, so you, you click in at 11.30, you'll hear their music. And then we've got the uh, Master Singers of St. Peter's. Uh, and you're going to be amazed at how they've come together uh, to perform for us tomorrow. And then our special soloist, Wintley Phipps. Uh, I first heard him at the Billy Graham funeral. Absolutely amazing. You I don't want to miss it. He, he, unbelievable singer. And you have one other surprise guest yeah. I hear a rumor of. Yeah, there's a bag boy that's, that's going <laughs> to perform. What, what, what do you think, Peter? I, I think See, you, bag boys <laughs> are, I mean, bag boys probably the most elite job in Charlotte. Well, it is. I mean, you you tried to qualify. I mean, people for like a Tom Skeens. I mean, people. My friend Tom Skeens has yet to qualify to be a bag boy. <laughs> right, I've, right. I've let him know often that Tom, sorry, man, you ain't made it big until you're a bag boy. But you're our number one bag boy. Well, right. I tell you, I follow in the footsteps of a John Belk. Yes, right. He was a longtime bag boy, yeah. and he always wore the great sweaters. Ken Gill, yeah, great bag boy. He wore the fancy sweater every year. Every year, a- Ken Gill's got the best sweater to be a bag boy. So uh, Richard Van Root, yeah, Harvey right. Gant, yeah, uh, still, name still some coming, other. Uh, Jim some, Bab. Jim Bab used to be right here at WBT. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I mean, the bag boy, Felix Sabatis, <laughs> who is going to make an appearance in our studio on Friday. Oh, good. So we're going to promote. It's our international bag boy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Felix was always known to crack jokes during he was. this because we he had was. microphones, but none of us could understand it. Right. We needed a translator. But we laughed anyway. We did. Because we all we pretended did. that Felix Sabatis' joke was funny. Yeah. Well, he is funny. He's very generous, too. He one is of, generous, He's one of our most no generous citizens. And we also usually have the uh, the chief of police here. Last year, we had our former chief of police. Right. I think he was the keynote last year, wasn't he? I think he was, and then we cracked a joke about him. <laughs> Are you coming or going or right, coming? coming? Right, exactly. So we have some humor, going. and we're going to have a little humor tomorrow. That's right. Just a little. Very little. Just Attempted a little humor like we try to do on this radio show at times. <laughs> so one more time, uh, Stick Williams, how do, you, uh, get in, how do you watch this, and how do you be a, a member of the most exclusive club in the Charlotte region? Well, everybody is welcome to join us. No, tomorrow. it's exclusive. Everybody. I was tomorrow. told it was exclusive. Tomorrow, everybody is welcome. I mean, Bo Thompson's in it. <laughs> so if you go to 2020.goodfellowsclub.org, you can register today, but you can watch tomorrow uh, directly with that same link. And then again, if you got a smart TV, uh, go to YouTube app and search for Goodfellows Club. 2020. One other thing, WBTV Saturday for the first time ever will uh, will broadcast a 20 minute version of our luncheon. So please, please, at seven o'clock Saturday. This is the best of Christmas. This is the best of Charlotte. This is the best of North Carolina. No politics, by the way. Right. It's about giving. It's about helping others. No politics. I have to tell you, last year. Uh, we both went, the governor and I went to the to the luncheon, and we heard this uh, Wintley Phipps sing. Yeah. And I came back, and I had to download some of the guy's music to play on the show. This is the He's back to, back tomorrow. So uh, the big finish is coming up with uh, Stick Williams and Peter Pappas, myself, and a member of the most exclusive club in Charlotte Goodfellas, Bo Thompson. It was a, I heard it was a tie vote to get you in. but uh, Yeah, well, you know, it usually takes a few I years. I heard Felix Sabatis broke the tie. <laughs> <laughs> or it was John Belk since he went to Davidson. He went. We got one to get one more Davidson, Davidson grad in. Right. So the central website to get all the information is is which? The central website for any information. Of course, you can go to our our website, which is www.goodfellowsclub.org, and again to register, uh, 2020.goodfellowsclub.org. On your smart TV, on your computer tomorrow, and on Saturday night, it's on WBTV Channel 3, 7 to 7. You know what? We might even invite Matt Hanlon. 
Since I just broke his headphones. <laughs> <laughs> it, might, it might take him longer than it took me to You know, get actually, it. we invited Matt Hanlon, you know, the executive who gets here around 1 o'clock every day in a stretch limo <laughs> with his champagne and <laughs> comes in and says, you're doing a great job. You're number one again. And then he leaves and we never see him again for another month. We're going to invite him to Goodfellas. Okay. And like we said, if you're a good fellow out there and you want to call the big finish, you can do that. 704-374-3800. Hey, I'm telling you, he was amazing. Yeah. This I was is blown better away. than the end of the world as we know it, right. and I feel fine. Wintley uh, Phipps tomorrow. Also tomorrow, uh, uh, Reverend Marciano is going to do the invocation. He's a good friend of the show and of the station here. Oh, that's a great organization. Right down the street, the Charlotte Rescue Mission. Yeah, absolutely. Is one of the great charity organizations and giving organizations. They actually not just help the homeless, they help the homeless rebound, get back on their feet. And that's the best of uh, that group right down the street. There's great cafe right there if you want to have a good lunch. Yeah, too. Community Matters Cafe. Absolutely. I know Stick Williams has been helping for 40 years in this community, I'll tell you. So uh, when we come back, the big finish at 704-374-3800. If you're a member of Goodfellas or want to be a member of Goodfellas, give us a call and be a part of the, the number one radio show in morning right here in Charlotte. And again, before we hit the traffic here, I'll give you the stats one more time. The 104th. Goodfellows Luncheon Virtual tomorrow. The broadcast opens at 11.30 a.m. on your computer or your smart TV. The, the meeting begins promptly at noon on your computer. It's uh, it's uh, 2020goodfellowsclub.org on YouTube. Uh, you just search Goodfellows Club 2020 when you get it up there on the screen. And then Saturday night, an encore on WBTV Channel 3, 7 to 7.30. Pete Pappas and Richard Stick Williams in studio. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. They'll be here for the big finish. We might get some calls if you want to call in again. We welcome your calls. And also, we had some tough issues we were talking about earlier today. We welcome your feedback, as always, on the Pat McCrory Show with the hardest working guy in radio, Bo Thompson. 704 374 3800. The uh, big finish is brought to you, as always, by Rug Source. So uh, get those calls coming right now. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. 9.50 on News Talk 1110-993 WBT. The Big Finish is brought to you by Rug Source. Save up to 80% off at Rug Source. Visit the brand new Rug Source showroom today at I-77 and Harris Boulevard or go to rugsource.com. The Big Finish, an even bigger finish today. Good fellas, we got the two two leaders of Goodfellas. And by the way, we need to recognize on Thursday, we're going to have some uh, leaders of Good Friends. Good, Good Friends, Friends which is uh, another great organization. It's uh, it, this Goodfellas was started by men. And it, it's remained a men's group regardless of political affiliation, ethnic background. We don't care about those things. We don't care about your politics. But there's also a women's group that got together and said, hey, we can do better than the men. And Good Friends is another organization that does the exact same thing. They work in partnership, and we're going to have some representatives from Good Friends on Thursday on our show. We do this every year, as long as I'm the host of this great show. So uh, I feel personally attached to both. I played the Santa Claus one time. Ah. At, uh, yeah. They, they have friends. a great program every year, and I, I think they do a gr- uh, just a fabulous job in this community. So real quick, before we get a couple of calls, how did Good Goodfellas start? You know a little bit of the history, but it started 104 years Four ago. years ago. 104 yeah. years ago when Charlotte was just a small village. And some men had the idea to go, you know, there are some people hurting this community. Let's help them, especially during Christmas. Well, and they kept it very simple. I mean, we got together. They got together every year. And... Uh, Started out with a small group, small 20, group. 30 people. Yeah. That's right. A very small group of men from Second Presbyterian Church. Wow. And one of the great traditions every year, is one of my favorite parts, is when you ask everybody to stand up, how, how long you've you've been with Goodfellas, you know, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, and, and it's amazing to see how far back it goes. There's some That's people right. really been 65, 70 years, yep. and it's we've still lost coming. a lot of the old friends. Uh, and it just breaks my heart when you don't see the men standing up that used to be stand up. Yeah. I guess 
you and I will all be hopefully part of that group. Hopefully we're standing up. We're standing yeah. up. That's right. But I, I miss them. No, that's a great tradition. It's fun to see. And, we, you know, we have a lot of our members are bringing their sons. I mean, you might have two or three generations at the lunch. Yeah, yeah. Which is just great to see. Stick, when I was at Duke Power, I was just a low-level guy at Duke Power. Someone invited me to Goodfellows, and I'm going, what is this? Yeah. And there were probably 500 people there at the right. time back in the early 1980s. And now there are 2,000 people in the room? Yeah, can you imagine walking in a, a room, 2,000 men, and the energy there, the fellowship, the generosity is what gets me absolutely amazing to me how much these men give every year. A million dollars the past several years. And it's all many and small donations, some larger donations, but people put money in their hat, and we pass around money bags, and and the bag boys will take anything. Yeah, we, we sure will. Yeah, We will. And, you know, this... Uh, this year, in particular, the generosity has just been tremendous. I mean, we're right on our goal to have just a great year and raise another million dollars and still have some time to go. So we hope others will join us tomorrow and donate. And when you've been around 104 years, you have to bring in new people. And that's yes, an important exactly. part of tomorrow, too. And before we leave, we'll remind you again on how tomorrow's Goodfellows Luncheon is going to work. Because as with everything in 2020, a little bit different. But before we get to that... Ready to get some, some calls now. Yeah, let's do it. Good morning. I hope you can tell me where the Pfizer and the Moderna <laughs> products are made. I mean, I hear about them being flown into the United States and flown someplace else. I'd like to know exactly where they're made. What's the difference in the two? We'll get that information to you tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But be safe. Be safe. Good morning. Good morning, Governor and Bo. Uh, hope y'all having a great day today. Uh, I just want to say, you know, I'm a Lyft driver, and uh, you know, as a Lyft driver, we don't we didn't get unemployment when the pandemic hit and all this. And uh, I was kind of frustrated with Nancy Pelosi uh, when they had the when Trump offered these uh, over one trillion dollars for stimulus, and she rejected it because she didn't want Trump to get a check with his signature on it. And now that he offered over $900 billion. She says, oh, because we have a new president, uh, sure, we're going to, you know, we can come to the table now. We can compromise. And But she's doing it for the American people. This was just so politics. And she's hurting a lot of hardworking people. That's who we're trying to help with Goodfellas, hardworking people. <laughs> and by the way, including Lyft drivers. Because Absolutely. I don't know how the Lyft drivers and Uber drivers and taxi cab drivers are making it today. Yeah, it's been tough with this pandemic. I mean, you think about the rental car companies, a lot of them have gone under. You know, so there are a lot of people, including many of our listeners, who are doing extremely well. For whatever reason, certain industries are doing extremely well during this recession and during this virus. But other people are just barely hanging on. And that's who Goodfellows is wanting to help and uh if if someone needs help can they reach out to goodfellas how, how do you find the people who need help well the the first line of defense always in this community is crisis assistance ministry we partner with them we there share information with us they give us a lot of information they make certain that we get to the most critical need crisis and, and we love one that. of the great organizations and then you work with them, and they identify families for you that Absolutely. Right. need even more help. That's exactly right. And we'll meet with those families and determine the need, and then we determine you know, just how much we're going to help. So it's a great partnership. You know, one thing we enjoy here in Charlotte is humor. And during Goodfellows, during the past years, there's always been a humor a part of the show. Tell, I mean, Johnny Harris and others used to lead the program. Tell us some of the old people used to hold your job that would run the meetings and and crack the worst jokes I've ever heard in my life in front of 2,000 men. Well, Bill White maybe was one of our great uh, leaders of Goodfellas and one of the wittiest people in Charlotte. He had that southern draw about him that only he could have. And, and he looked like a natural up there doing the program every year and, you know, interfacing with the bag boys. And we've carried that tradition on. It's gotten a little more sophisticated over the years, but the joke's have still remained to be corny. I think you're using that word sophisticated very lightly. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get out of here, reminder, on your computer tomorrow, your tablet, your mobile device, 
2020.goodfellowsclub.org. You can register and watch there virtually on your smart TV or streaming box uh, on the YouTube app. Just uh, search Goodfellows Club 2020. And uh, this is happening tomorrow, not in person, but virtually at 11.30. That's when the broadcast opens and the meeting starts promptly at noon. Absolutely. And if you want to join two of the most exclusive clubs, one is Goodfellows and one is Good Friends. I mean, they are the most exclusive, sophisticated clubs (laughs) in Charlotte. I snuck in through the back door. (laughs) Bo Thompson got in from Davidson without checking your transcripts. That's right. And without knowing you, the posters you used to have in your dorm room. They said, who are you with? I said, Pat McCrory. They said, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks to Peter Pappas and also uh, Stick Williams for being in here today. And we want to thank past leadership, Mac Everett, too. Yes, absolutely. And some of your past, who are some of your predecessors? Johnny Harris. Who else? Johnny's been very involved. Mac uh, chaired the group before Stick. Frank Dow. Frank Dow Dow for many years. Bill White. A bunch of very sophisticated losers. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, guys.